Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT and I'm here with my partner in crime, Joey. What's up guys? Thanks for joining. We appreciate it. And today we will be talking about visiting a new gym, gym etiquette, discretion rules, and making sure you don't like make any hard enemies. Yeah, a bit of a user guide for the jujitsu nomads out there. It is because when you first start, you don't know. And every gym's different and it can be weird. Some gyms have got some weird in-house stuff and they don't tell you. It's not on the website. You know, you try and do the right thing. Oh, yeah. What are Jiu-Jitsu gym websites. They're so bad. Yeah, they all had it made in the late 90s and they haven't (laughs) updated it since. No. And so... Pretty much like their Instagram account. Possibly. (laughs) Shout out to the gyms that have a good Instagram account. I fucking respect y'all. Yeah. Because... the work in. Yeah, because people use that shit, to, you know, to find out about you. Mm. And so when you see one, it's like, okay, cool. I can see they've uploaded some shit. I can see they've got the link to their website, the timetable. Great. Like it's, oh, there's a contact number here. I can. They've put the effort to communicate. Yeah. And the communication thing is so important. I've had some pretty, yeah, I guess awkward experiences going to gyms, even as a senior belt. Uh, it was quite strange to me. And I thought I'd done everything right. And I actually ended up not training because I kind of kind of cracked it. It's like, no, I'm not. No, this is extortionary. Uh, what happened? Is it time? We're going to go there? Well, yeah, wait, go there. Uh, well, okay. So I went to a gym. <clears throat> it's a franchise gym. I won't name the gym. And I actually know the owner. So the owner and founder of this uh, particular franchise in, you know, in Australia. But uh, the person who was there was his wife and I had never met her before. And I had called ahead. And I made sure that I brought a pure white gi unpatched. Because some gyms have a problem with any gi that's not white. Yeah. Which was something I had to find out the hard way as well. Go on. Yeah. And so I thought I was doing the right thing. And I think at this stage I wasn't – I was a brown belt. I wasn't quite a black belt. But I had trained with this gentleman in Brazil. I'd seen him compete. We'd hung out. I thought we were tight. And so I thought even if there was something like, – and I, I was fully open to paying and everything – and his wife said, oh, well, you have to buy a gi to get on the mats. I was like, what? I, I have a plain white gi. She's like, no, no, no. It has to be like a branded gi. Otherwise, you can't train. And I was like, how much is that? She wanted to charge me $200. I was like, no. I'm, I mean, I'm prepared to pay $30. Fair play. Like, it's a business. I'm down with that. I'm not going to pay $200 for a gi that I'm probably not going to wear again. Like, I could just give it back at... Could I hire a gi? Nope. You got to buy a gi. And she was so staunch about it. I was like, uh, you know what? I'd rather not train jiu-jitsu today. Like, I didn't say this, but I was like, fuck you. I was like, no, that's you're extor- you're, 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 you're extorting me. You're yeah. gouging me and that's really uncool. And actually, I'm a brown belt and this class is mainly white and blue belts. I could bring something to this class. You know what? I'm going to build a fucking podcast and I'm going to name and shame you. And the name of that Academy James was. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. Because the funny thing is, if you've had this experience before, you might even know the gym I'm talking about. It's a franchise gym. It's a very well-known franchise gym. Maybe the biggest franchise gym in the world. 
but who knows? Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, man, I couldn't handle that. And I thought I'd done the right stuff. I'd called ahead. I checked the website. Yeah. And still, it actually meant I couldn't even train that day. You had an experience with this, Joe? I had an experience with the, with the white gi thing, which was, um, you know, so some people hearing this would be like, yeah, of course, like you've got to wear a white gi. And it's offensive to show up to a gym wearing any other color gi. Uh, when I when I started jits, I said it, we we I started in no gi season, and then when it moved to the gi season because it was always no gi in summer. Yeah, back in the day, and then we moved into like um, whatever the fuck autumn or whatever it is. Yep, and uh, gi's wrong. Coach's like, hey, you need a gi. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, here's one, and it was a black gi, and I'm like, sweet. And okay. So my first gi was a black gi, and um, whatever I had, I owned more gi's over the years. But I remember going to train with Shanji Hibero in LA. Right. Yes, of and, course. You know, Traditional. Yeah, and it was actually um, – I had actually organized to meet with him, to, to chat with him, and, and he said, yeah, come through. And he said, you know, come and meet me at the academy. We'll have a lunch class, and then we can hang out afterwards. And so I showed up. He's like, hey, man, cool, nice to meet you. And, and he said, you got your gi? And I said, yeah, I do. And, I held, and he said oh, – and I think it was like a blue gi or something. Yeah. And he's like, no, man, it's a white gi only here. And I was like, what? Why? Yeah. And he's like, it's cool. We got one we can lend you. Nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. But yeah, I didn't know. I, I guess I was a, a blue belt, maybe a purple belt. Yep. And, uh, and I just never encountered that this thing, hey, for some gyms, you've got to have, it's white geese only. Yeah. You know, so it's just an interesting thing. Um, kind of speaks to this whole topic in a way that the gym that you come from will set your version of what you know the culture to be yes. often. And then you get out there and you're like, fuck, there's actually a bit of, there's a range to this thing. Yeah, definitely. And the hardest thing is when you first start, you you train at your gym and that's probably the only place you train, but then maybe you're traveling for work or whatever else and you, you've got the bug. You're like, man, I want to train. And so you just Google like a uh, jujitsu gym in the city you're going to. And there's probably a bunch, but you just pick one at random. Here's the thing. And this is, I guess. BJJ gym does <laughs> rest rounds. <near laughs> me. Perfect. Select. <laughs> Jungle Brothers. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's one of those things is like the communication through the website because that's all you've got to go off, right? Yeah. You look at the website, you look at the Instagram or you might even go so far as to call them uh, depending. I, I always try and call because I want to check the vibe. Yeah. Sometimes you can get a bit of a vibe down the phone. Like if they have a really friendly receptionist or reception person, that helps. Or if you get a real curt like, yeah, nah, mm, you're like, oh, Oh, maybe this isn't going to be such a cool experience. One of the hardest things is giving them notice. Like being a black belt, I always I always give notice. Say, hey, I'm in town. I'm a black belt. This is where I'm from. Is it cool if X, Y, and Z? Because I at one time had gone to a gym unannounced and they basically wouldn't let me train. Right, because yeah, I was a black belt. And they're like, no. Nah. Uh, well, no, no, no. It's weird because – it. It's like they thought I was going to steal their students. It was weird. They made me train in a separate room with only like one purple belt and one brown belt. They wouldn't let me train with like the blue and the white belts and they didn't want me to see what the instructor was showing. And Wow. What is, it was so weird. And then I realized just from showing some basic techniques because the, the, the purple and brown belt were like, yo, what, what do you do? Like show us. They didn't do any – shit out. Yeah, yeah, it's a secret <laughs> jujitsu knowledge. God, wrist lock. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do any open guard. And I think that the 
maybe the coach there was self-conscious, like he didn't want me to scrutinise what they were teaching. Or to judge what they had or didn't have. Yeah, and so it was such a weird experience for me. So I just thought I was joining in the class. I ended up giving like a private lesson to these two guys and I didn't really get to train. We had a bit of a role and then the guy said, um, in future I'd like you to um, call ahead and let us know you're coming in and you can only come to these sessions if you do. Wow. And like basically didn't tell me not to come back but I got like the cold – shoulder vibe and i was like all right cool i, would, I just want to go back wow yeah so look not that you might have that problem but if if you are new and you're keen and you want to train calling ahead is a good way to suss it out yeah i do think that's a respectful thing to do um the i think where it gets tricky there is that the standard thing with jiu-jitsu is that it's like first class free and that kind of and which of course is sort of talking to the beginners who are like hey if you've never done this Come and have your first class on the house. It's a bit of a sales pitch, though. That's not for visitors. That's more. Yeah, like- but I think there's a. I think the gyms are partially at fault um, for for not maybe clarifying. Oh, if you're an existing, like if you train jujitsu elsewhere, here's what we want for you know. And that yeah. so that might be like, let us know you're coming, and then please show up. Drop in class is X amount of dollars or free, whatever. Yeah. But it's almost like because you jump on a website and you're like, well, it says first class is free, so I'm just going to show up. Yeah, but of course it's a little bit. You know, you can understand that it's different for for some coach if they've got a black belt that's just shown up versus someone that's like, "Hey, I've never done this before." Of course, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I um, with the free thing. What do you think about that, Joe? Okay, so so yeah, two things that happened recently that kind of brought me to this. Actually, no, if you, this goes back further. So we did a session here at Jungle Brothers mm-hmm. where we had some friends, some high belt, you know, senior belt friends, come and train with us. Yeah. And we had, um, we had the visiting three people came in, trained. We had an awesome training session. I think you were coaching, yep. or Nate was, co- or Nate was coaching. Yep. And we had I, Matt. I, I was there for that session. You were I there. Believe, yep. Yeah. Mad roles, good times. Anyway, one of them was a very good friend of ours. Yes. The other two came with this person. Just yeah. We'd met them for the first time. One of them was like, "Hey, man, can I pay something, or you know, yeah. can I help clean the mat? Because I was cleaning the mat at the end of the yeah, night." Yeah, sure. And uh, we're like, "Nah, all good." Yeah. And the other guy just sat there. Didn't give a shit. Didn't give a shit. Just yeah. sat there. Talk- and that kind of struck me as a bit rude. Yeah. Right? To not offer something. And then also that guy then went and posted a bunch of content that he'd filmed from the session here and didn't tag the gym. Yeah. Right? It was like in this gym, yep. Jungle Brothers in the background, no mention of the location, actually put a different location, like which was kind of weird to me. That is um, totally weird. So to me, that just struck me as rude because like you're a visitor at this place. You're not expected to pay, but you should offer. Sure. Right? You should be like, hey, as a, w- just a courtesy, yeah. That's right. You can do something and something that you can do for a gym would it's be, just, hey, give them a plug on social media. Put it on your stories. Hey, I'm here at this gym. Yeah. And that for me is that's like, hey, you're, sp- you're helping to put the name of our gym out there. Appreciate the gesture. It's a nod. Yeah. Or it could be, hey, man, do you want me to help you clean the mats or some shit? Yeah. It's just right? anything. That's right. And uh, that's – that's damn selfish right there. Yeah. So that was the first thing for me. And I was like, man, jiu-jitsu people are weird with this shit. Then the second one was um, that video recently, Craig Jones, B-team, yep. was like rules of B-team. Yes. And he's like, hey, if you're just a regular person and you want to come and train here, you pay. Everyone pays. If you're an elite level fighter or jiu-jitsu competitor, sure, you don't have to pay because we want you on the mats. Sure. But anyone else, you're fucking paying. Yeah. And I was like, I'm really happy to hear that because – I feel like that's not the prevailing culture in jiu-jitsu. The prevailing culture is, hey, if I'm showing up to your gym, that it's just expected it's on the house tonight. Yeah. And uh, again, it kind of goes to this 
first class free kind of open mat thing. Mm. Open mats are one thing where it's like, hey, on this day we're opening the gym up to everybody. Yeah. But I think generally speaking, we should all be showing up to a place ready to hand over some cash because the vast majority of jiu-jitsu gyms are struggling small businesses. I agree. They're, they're fucking hurting. The coaches are not getting paid what they want. They're coaching way more than they should be. They're tired. They're cleaning the toilets after you all go home from an awesome training session. Yeah. They're doing research on how they can teach you the best techniques. Like yeah. they're really, you know, I mean, we've, you know, small business owner myself, JT too. Sure. It's like this life is not easy. And to think that, you know, you, sh- you could show up and, you know, think about as a visitor, you are using the bathrooms, you're using their running water, yep. you're using paper towel, toilet paper, you know, you're, you're adding your sweat and shit, which has to be clean. So you're actually costing the gym money. Yes. You're also taking away attention from the other students. So you come in, yep. coach now has to welcome you and pay attention to you. That's and, right. And that yeah. means that their paying students are getting a little bit less in of that course. session. So I just think it should, be, it should just be an expected thing like, hey, can I pay? But look at any other business. What other business do you walk in and go, look, I'm a first-time customer. I feel like this is on the house. <laughs> right? <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't do it. You would not have the audacity to try and pull that. No, let me just eat here for free. And then I'm if, just going to have this meal. And if I like it, yeah, maybe I'll come back next time I'm in town. Yeah. And maybe I'll say that I ate at Krispy Kreme today, not here. <laughs> like, what the f- So I think here's the thing. It's so strange. There's this, they talk about the coffee challenge, um, which is try to get people comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations where there's no discounts and you just go, could I have 10% off? Like just in front of everyone. Yeah. For no reason other than you just want 10% off. And it's not because you're stingy. It's just you're trying to see if you can will this person into giving you a discount. Almost no one can do that. Yet, well, people no one can ask. Or no one can get the discount. No, people can barely bring themselves like to right? that's, in front that, of everyone, right? That's the goal of it, isn't it? To, to, to Force ask you. that awkward thing. Yeah, and yep. you're not actually intending to get the discount. It's just can you bring yourself to have that conversation where the cashier is like, who the fuck you think you is? Yeah. But we'll go to a jiu-jitsu gym and expect Training 20, free, 20 right? $30, $40 worth of value for nada. As, it's kind of uncool. And I think this is where jiu-jitsu kind of bites itself in the ass. That's a that's definitely a marketing tactic, which is like, no, come, come in. Like, first taste is free, homie. <laughs> Get them in. <laughs> Get them liking it. Oh, God, I love this shit. Uh, and, then, and then they're hooked, right? So that, But that doesn't work if that person has no intention of, you know, being a, a recurring customer. That's right. If you're like, they're hey, I'm a visitor, visitor from out of town. It's very you know, different. You actually offer them nothing because you're not going to – you're probably not – like you maybe offer a little something. You might spread the word amongst – You might say something positive. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I do think like one – like if a gym – is another thing we know, right? Jiu-jitsu gyms are not – generally jiu-jitsu coaches, gym run, the guys running the gym, are not great business people. Not they're passionate about jiu-jitsu. Of course, they just care about the rolling. Yeah, and so in that way, if you don't want to ask people for money, you could say, hey, look, I'm not going to charge you anything to come train tonight but could you give us a shout out on social media? Yeah, sure. Could you chuck us up on your Instagram? That'd yeah, be yeah. And that's like, okay, now they're helping with your marketing strategy and that's like, that's a cool thing to ask for, I think. Yeah. It's very kind of backward in that way. Yeah. Now, just a, a third thing on that, some fellas I was talking to recently who were traveling and were visiting gyms and they were like, I'd ask them where they trained. They'd be like, oh, I went here and we trained at this place and they'd been to a few different joints. And they said, oh, it was really cool actually. Uh, you know, only one of those places charged us to train. Like we only had to pay at one of those. I'm not criticizing them. They were just 
leeches on society. <laughs> no, they were just, you know, that was that's the culture, right? The culture is free training when you're, when you're a new person. They were like, oh, that place is cool because they let us train for free. And I get that as someone who goes around and does visit gyms. But I think that the culture together needs to shift no, that. Philosophically, that's fucked. Whoever you are, if you know Joey and you know we're talking about you, fuck you. This is why. <laughs> Hear this. We have friends who have businesses, right? So your friend might make soaps or your friend has a plumbing business or whatever. And so when you engage with them and they say, oh, you know, I'll hook you up, like mates rates. No, don't do that. Pay full price. They are your friend. Support them. In the same way, if you want something to grow and flourish, you nurture it. You pay for what you value. If you value jujitsu, don't be a kind of low-key scumbag. Like pay, support the culture. That's what keeps it going. So when you go back, that gym is still open. You will benefit from it long term. Invest in this thing, it invests in you. And that's the truth. And this might sound a bit woo-woo, but when you pay for something, you value it more. You pay more attention. You, you, you are invested. So don't look for free. Free is not cool. If you've got a friend who runs a business, you pay them full whack. You give them the full money because you are supporting them. You don't have this entitled bullshit of, yeah, I'll just get away with whatever I can get away with. This attitude creeps into other things in life and makes you a not as good well said. My take on that. So um, one caveat to this or the flip side is I visited a gym and they charged me and I was a bit surprised because they were like, hey, this is just a 30-minute rolling class on the back of our other class. Like it's just 30 minutes of rolling. And I was like, sure, like I'll jump in. And the guy said, oh, just come over here and fill out a waiver. So I filled out the waiver. It was all on an iPad. And then he said, yep, click through. Click. And then it's like, oh, uh, $30, put credit card details. And I said, oh, um, do I need to go through this part? He said, oh, yeah, just put your credit card details. Uh. And I was like, oh, okay. And by the time I'd finished that, the class was already 15 minutes in oh. and there was no instruction. It was an open mat session essentially. Uh, right. And I, was, I felt really burned by that. And sure. I'm like, okay, you're charging me, which your payment process is so slow that I've now missed half the class. Yeah. But it's not actually even a class. There's no coach there. Yeah. It's just whoever's left from the gi class yeah. – wants to do some no gi rounds. And I had a couple of roles. It was really all I was there for. Yeah. But I'm like, that's bullshit. So the, the onus is on the coach. If you're actually providing something, i.e. you are coaching, then you, you should charge. Yep. This is where maybe the, the open mat thing is like, well, we're not actually coaching. We're just opening our space yep. for people to come and do what they want. Okay, you don't need to charge much. On the open mat thing, I think that a fee should be exact. I think that like a $5 or $10 sure. thing just so like, hey, you motherfuckers yeah, just, are going to come and destroy my bathrooms. <laughs> five, <laughs> five bucks per head, you know. Sure. Yeah, I had a similar experience actually. Not jujitsu, just a gym, big box gym. 30 pounds for a casual visit. Okay. I've only got an hour. Their sign-in process was so <laughs> drawn out. It took more than half an hour. And one of the sticking points was I didn't have a local number. It was in the UK. I was like, I, just, I don't have mobile. She's like, well, it's our safety. And I'm like... <laughs> Your safety, mother, I, I already paid you money. Let me in. And she's like, oh. Mm, uh, mm. And I was like, this has taken 30 minutes. If I die, I promise my family will not sue you. I just hopped the barrier and jumped in. <laughs> I got deadlifts to do, bitch. Yeah. Like I was just like, I couldn't, but it's the same deal. I paid literally 60 Australian dollars to have 30 minutes of work. And then I had to get out. That's some bullshit. They didn't care because they're just like, no, nah, that's what we do here. Yeah. And it's really oftentimes when they make you pay that elevated drop-in, 
it's because they're trying to incentivize you to be a a member. A member. But you're like, I don't fucking I'm live not here. A member. I'm just here now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, right? There should be, oh, you're a visitor. Okay, it's a one time. Slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. With the uniform thing, because uniforms have changed, right? Because not everywhere, we we're talking about this not, not that long ago, not everywhere does gi. And some places, you know, they want you to wear their rash guard. You've got to buy the branded rash guard because that's what we do here. And I just think have I can't. A fucking, have a fucking loan uniform. Yeah. Hey, it's five bucks. We give you a rashi and, a, and a, you know, a used rashi and a gi that we wash. Yeah. Yeah, fuck done. Yeah. It's I, like when you go rock climbing, they're not like, hey, you got to buy the shoes and buy the harness. Yeah. They're like shoe and harness rental. Is this it's $15 on top? And you're like, yeah. great. Do you think it's simply because jujitsu culture as a commercial entity, not the martial art, is underdeveloped? Like there's not a standardized best practice? Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah. I think we're in like this toddler era, infancy. like infancy, where we're just, where the, the, the business is doing really well because jujitsu is so like so popular and got so much hype behind it mm. that businesses can get by doing okay with really shoddy business practices. Yeah. You see the gyms that have good business practices and they tend to do really well. Yes. Because they've got it all, it's, I'm sure like Marcelo's gym and stuff where it's like, yep, we know how to handle visitors. We know, you know, that whole thing. Go back when I was reading, um, what was the book? Was it The Gracie Way? Yes. Was it in that? But they're talking about, I think in the original, at like one of the first gyms that Elio ran or whatever, and I'm probably butchering this, but they had geese that they would wash for the students. Okay. You would train and then you would leave your gi there and they would wash it. Okay. So this idea of like, and I know that is, you know, for the people out there who didn't come through the Gracie lineage, yes. I see you. This idea of the gym providing a gi is not a new thing. No, not at all. So like we do rental gis here, right? Yeah. And we just do that because some people are not jujitsu people and they're like, hey, I'd love to try they just this. Wanna, they just want to find out what it's about. Exactly. But it's really not that hard. And we can, and sometimes we tell them, hey, you take that home and wash it and bring it back bring tomorrow. It back. Yeah. And it's like, that's a great system. Yeah, there's a bit of trust there, but it's also, it's implicit that we do trust you. And so take care of this thing for us and you're involved. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like that, like for a gym that's like, we're trying to protect our brand and we couldn't bear the thought of having someone else's gym logo on our mats, which I just think is fucked. Yes. Because here's the thing. When you rock up to a gym and you're wearing, you know, whatever your team or your favorite yeah. fucking, you know, gear and shit, their whole team sees, oh, wow, there's a visitor here. Yeah, they're new. And that implies, hey, people from outside this place are interested in this they come place. here, yeah. And that's, in my opinion, that's good. Like that looks strong for the gym. Well, man, look, two, two things. Well, I was going to say with the laundry piece, AOJ has a laundromat. In their gym. That's fucking sick. Because like it's- And they're very particular, aren't they? Yeah, it's one of the biggest challenges as a tourist. First time in Rio, I lost a gi to mold. (laughs) It literally, the mold- Shit doesn't dry there. It doesn't dry. And I had, I thought it was dry because I'd hung it on a chair in the sun and then I'd hung it in the cupboard. But because it had rained and we're living in the shadow of Pedro de Gavia, it had gone moist and moldy in the cupboard because it was like the couple days after the tournament- and within two days, the mold had just eaten, like just eaten black spots into my gear. I had to throw it away. Wow. People and think the fucking streets are dangerous in Rio. <laughs> the cupboards, the, people. The mold, yo. <laughs> Watch out. Then, yeah, it's a fucking hassle. You spend all day going to the laundry. And, yeah, and if you've only got two, you're traveling, right? So you've got weight. So if all your weight allowance is just geese or whatever, yeah. all I was going to say with this that is- This is basically why no geese becoming the most popular choice now. <laughs> yeah. You Even wanna... Misa was like, um, I mean, I didn't mind washing your geese, but I've got to say, since it's... you've been doing no gear, like the laundry is way easier. So much easier. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Shout out, Miss, you legend, you queen. Jeremy Skinner posted himself with, a, I think it was like a Gucci or some kind of a man purse like type uh, lad arrangement. Bum bag over the shoulder. It, yeah, but he had all his Nogi stuff in there, <laughs> including his dry bag. Fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> it was like when you can pack all of one training into this. Man. I was like, it was great. Like, so on that, you know, like make it easy for people to come visit. And if you're really concerned about not wanting other brands on your mats, then provide something. And, Look, char- and charge for it. Sure. If yeah, you, if don't you make must. it free. Yeah. This is something that struck me early days of absolute MMA before it kind of grew out to be multiple gyms. The policy which they opened up was brown and black belts trained for free and you can wear whatever gear you want. Whereas all these other gyms are trying to be like, nah, if you're not from this gym, you've got to sign up here or get lost, blah, blah, blah. But actually what that did is that brought in a lot of kind of disenfranchised brown and black belts from other gyms who just wanted a cool place to train, relaxed atmosphere, and at, what, well, I don't have to sign up? No, you're a brown belt, you're a black belt. Like you bring those skills to the mat. That makes our people better. You're welcome here. And just the fact that it was welcoming, it brought in so many people. Yeah, I saw people I hadn't seen in years going to Absolute CBD Gym um, just because people felt welcome. And I think for a business, that's pretty important, right? Goes a long way, yeah. I mean, kind of got two different sides of the spectrum there, don't you? You've got the like the Gracie Baja, like hardcore policies, systems, no, this is it. And then you got that where it's like, hey, brown belts, black belts, train for free, or, you know, wear what you want. You know, Vantage, like Adam's gym, very much like that. He's like, hey, we've got uniforms, but it's okay if you don't wear it. Yeah. You know, just come train kind of thing. And both of them work really well. Yes. I think it's though about making sure that whichever one you go with, that one, it's a successful business and it's also the culture you want to create. Arguably, the Gracie Baja end of the spectrum, you're not opening yourself to outsiders. No. And that's okay. If you're like, hey, my gym is a members only club and I'm not interested in bringing in outside influence, then fine. Like it's your choice. Versus if you decide, hey, I want to be super open and have visitors, great. But don't do that at the expense of the success of your business. Sure. Like make people pay for things and yeah. like that whole shit. Well, it's, it's two different tribes, isn't it? One, which is like, uh, I wear the red, I, I fly the flag. Yeah. The belonging piece. And you see that. It's like when you see it, you're like, whoa, that's a, the tribe. Yep. The, the fam, the gang. And every coach at a comp that sees the Gracie Baja crew in red. Yeah. Even though people hang shit on Gracie Baja. Right. Dang. They're like, Damn, look at all the students in red. They're flexing. You're like, hey, don't so don't, you know, don't tell me that there's not some benefit oh, to being hardline about no, the systems, is, right? Totally. And I mean, look, that you know, that that reputation, like Baja was the greatest competition team in the world at one stage and have produced amazing athletes, you know. But then also you might be someone who's like, I want to wear my skeleton smoking a blunt rashy and <laughs> I want to wear my Joe Rogan sponsored shorts and you know, like I want to wear whatever I want to wear. Because that's who I am and so therefore it's, that's not going to be a tribe. But I think the other thing we need to kind of tick off is – Can we do that now? Do we, is this a two-parter? No, no. I think this is the last – this is just to finish off. This. The formalities piece is something that you can't know straight away and I don't know – I feel that we're, you know, we're advising our people here who are going out into the world but this is also like a little bit of a heads up to gyms as well, right? Be free my child. Formalities – because sometimes when you come into a gym, and I know this is probably more from judo, like bowing is more of a thing relevant to say judo and the lineup and the handshaking and how it's all done and lining up in rank order, different gyms do it differently. <laughs> yeah. 
the footwear thing. Yeah. I've been to some savage gyms. Like, you know how we talked about hygiene and footwear and stuff like that? Yeah. And you're just seeing people just run off the mat into the toilet, back out. Yeah. And you're like, man, that's no good. You're rolling on the mat and you see like rust on the mats. You're like, how can there be rust on the mats? <laughs> like where is that coming from? <laughs> you know, there's different things where it's like that's the, the, the very raw rough end of the spectrum. And then you go to other places where they're like, oh, no, 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 you have to stay to clean the mats. And you're like, oh, in, in my gym we pay a cleaner to do that. I'm paying you $30 and i got to clean the mats? What? Do you know what I mean? Like you can – depending on where you're coming from in terms of like a customer experience, it might feel strange. Whereas if, like you were saying before, someone doesn't offer to stay and clean the mats, that might feel like a lack of camaraderie. But if you're like, man, I'm a visitor. I pay my money. This is a transaction. I'm not trying to be one of the team. Your blue belt just gave me a hard time. I need to get the fuck out of yeah, here. I'm sick of this place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting to me that the formalities and the smaller things can make yeah. it. And you were saying it can be quite awkward, right? Dude, so I had two experiences stand out. First was Carlson Gracie Academy, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, emailed them, went, went to the gym. Hey, can I? Yep, come train tonight. No worries. Cool. See you there. Got in. What they didn't tell me was that when you step on the mats, you have to greet every single student yeah. on the mats. Yep from highest rank to lowest, lowest and you have to handshake every person Everyone. but they have a special handshake uh, and I showed you this the handshake was you have to get it's so fucking hard to do you have to link all the fingers oh that's their handshake oh. so I people would offer their hand and I'm like fingers. and I'm like these people got fucked up fingers because they ha- you know because <laughs> you yeah and then every time I shook a hand I'd catch fingers on the inside and I'm like oh this is that's a really awkward handshake and it wasn't until someone said to me oh this is a special handshake we do here I'm like, all right, now I don't have to feel so awkward and neither do the people I'm shaking hands How with. How strange, yeah. So that was one. It was like, hey, maybe you just, I don't know, maybe tell me. Like maybe you have yeah. a little checklist of new people, remember to tell them this, this, New and people this. induction. Right? <laughs> Second one was when I visited a gym here in Sydney and they're like, oh, you know, you're a black belt, so please stand at the front here, like at the end of the line. I'm like, great. And then we bowed and then he's like, okay, running. And I'm like, and everyone's looking at me because I'm the black belt, so I'm the head of the line. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I start running and then, you know, he starts calling out the drills. I don't, some of the drills I, I didn't know. know. The drills, yeah. I also tend to go slow but do the drills really well. Yes. Versus pretty much One, everyone. Two, else. Three, yeah, like four. going as fast as I can while doing the drills poorly. Ugh. But I'm like, I know you want to put me at the front because I'm the black belt, but don't get me to lead the warm-up because, like, I'm not a student here. So you can put me at the back. You know, get one but of your, but you're also not an instructor there either. Like that, you right. shouldn't be running the class. Yeah. Come on. So it was just this thing, like it's it's really, you know, I think there should be a system for a gym where you got someone new that's going. It's like, hey man, let me just have a five minute chat with you, and I'm just going to run you through a couple of the unique things we do here, so you know what's up. Yeah. Or it's on the wall on a poster or some shit. The least you can do, and I think every gym culture is different, and that's good. But the thing about culture is it's built up over time. And if you haven't been there for years, if you're just a new person walking in, it can feel pretty strange. And so much of what we do in jiu-jitsu can come off like low-key cultish. You know, I think Keenan talked about this, like bowing to photos of things on the wall (laughs) and stuff like that, you know. And, uh, you know, whatever, like full respect to everybody in a more formal martial arts setting, bowing to Master Kano and you know, the, the lineage and, and honouring the ancestors and stuff. But then also it, it's kind of refreshing to go to a gym like you trained at uh, 10th Planet in LA. 
and you were saying it was kind of like oh, they didn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like, guys, put your blunts out. We're rolling now. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just enough. people cracking jokes and just fuckery the whole class. But you know, solid jujitsu. Yeah. You know, really tough little kind of conditioning session. You know, they own that that corner of the niche. Sure. And I think yeah, I think your gym should be what you want to make it. But I think that here's the thing for coaches, it's like we want to give everything and you're like, man, but your business has to thrive in order for you to be able to stick around. Yeah. We're talking about this before, right? Like sure. you got to make sure your business has solid foundations so that it continues to, to exist. Um, I think coaches got to get a little bit more into that kind of, all right, how do I run a business side of things? But then also students need to get into this. Well, how can I support this business? Definitely. And I think if you're new to the game, and you, you want to travel, you want to visit other gyms, you, you, you know, you just want to train jiu-jitsu as much as you can, the best thing you can do is just consider like, all right, how could I, as much as I want to get something out of this, how could I contribute to the situation positively? Because you never know. You might be meeting your new best friend and then maybe in 10 years' time you open a business together. But like the energy you bring to it also has an effect on the uh, experience. Absolute. Nice. Fam, thanks for listening. Big shout out to the YouTube people. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show there. Hey, um, do the like and subscribe thing. Uh, appreciate you know, it. it. Fucking tells the algorithm that we're an awesome channel and that other people should check it out too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to the show, please subscribe on whatever app you're on. Spotify and that, that whole subscription thing, uh, even though it's a very small gesture from you, goes a long way for us. And of course, if you need help with your training, Bulletproof for BJJ, get us on the app store, start training for free, get help from us. We'll see you there. Woo.